Hello, 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 everybody. The Panglossian podcast for a Sumerian start for our Dallas Stars. I am Daryl the Razor Boy Ray. With me here today, Mike. Hate the game, not the NFL ref, Heike. Tom Puckaganda Holy. And Jeff Beerbag Totes. Bringing you uh, some knowledge, some humor, some anecdotes from Columbus the day after Columbus Day. Welcome one, welcome all. Stars are one, five, and one. I'll start right there. Give you two premises and we'll bounce it around. They are cooked, uh, should just fold, fire everybody, or let's tap the Benbro brakes on this one and relax everybody. Heike, go. It can be a little of both. Oh my God. I can straddle the fence. Oh my God. There's a little bit of gray in here, isn't there? I don't know. I go think, ahead, weigh in. I think that there is reason to panic and I think they need to, uh, to uh, stand at attention and address some of these issues. Um, how they do that, I guess, is the biggest question. They can't question. do it in a casual form? They can, I guess, but it, it's really hard. And we talked about this last week. I don't know what effort is. I don't know. You know, I think sometimes when you try too hard, that's when you get bad performances. Sometimes. I, I agree with that. And you so can, you can over try. Right. And so and get yourself into worse shape. But I'll go to this one for you, and this is an interesting thing. So I don't. Did you bring notes this time? I did. I actually did because I'm Daryl Ray's best friend with notes. Uh, This is something you brought up uh, in an earlier podcast, just about the where things rank in the um, NHL as far as size, speed, whatever. So they are 26 because I thought they were not this old. 26 in age at 28.4. And I think you pointed out they are one of the older teams. Uh, they are 29th in draft pick at 77.7. So the average draft pick for your players is 77.7 for this roster at the beginning of the season. And we've talked before about how on the 99 team that Daryl Sador was a seventh round pick, Darian Hatcher was, or seventh overall pick, Darian Hatcher was, I think, seventh or eighth, Richard Mavichuk was ninth. I mean, these were players who were taken eighth, ninth overall. So that, I think, helps. And then the other interesting part of all this is you always look for really high or really low. They are second in weight at 205 and fourth in height at 73.7. So they are a big team. So then the question becomes, is a big team a team that can succeed in today's lightning fast NHL? It's all just numbers. Are you done? Yeah. Sorry. (sighs) Okay. I'm going to come over the top on you here. Okay. Uh, They are seven games removed. Seven games removed from double overtime game seven against the eventual Stanley Cup champions. Tap the brakes. Two manly physical men were removed from the lineup immediately in the first game of the season. Blake Combe was the most physical forward. Roman Pollock is the most physical defenseman. Just in that category. And that adds to the last thing you had on your list of digits. Uh, That hurts. Those two individuals... When you're in the muck, and, and both of them have great leadership qualities, yeah. you know, Blake Como plays every shift the same way. He practices the same way. 
the, the his habits and the physical edge to his game are maybe overlooked in the grand scheme of things, but they're so important. You notice it when it's not there. Roman Polak is like the, um, he was the unsung hero of the Dallas Stars last year. Played top four minutes. They used him over and over as an example of how they'd like their defense to play with angling and jumping in the rush and everything else. Didn't always lead to things because he's not an exotic offensive player. Uh, But just what he brings is missed. And you're trying to fill in around those people. Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski have yet to contribute on the scoreboard. Now, if if you told me or anybody else seven games into the season, the two of them would have no goals, they'd look at you like you had five heads. One has been injured. He's coming back here, I think, in short order. Uh, And the other one, it's been a bit of a struggle after 13 years in one culture. Uh, But I I think it's going to come. The goaltending, not as... Uh, near perfect nightly as it was last year when it would mop things up and how many times did we see it where uh, the goaltending would push the game deeper and deeper with them only down one nothing or scoreless and allow them to get their act together or punch through and this year immediately you know first shots of games were putting them behind and having them chase a little bit the, the other part I've, I've got six items on okay. my list I think I'm at four They've played top-notch, high-quality, and rolling in the early season opponents. I threw it out there on Twitter yesterday. Uh, the, the collective of the clubs that they have played so far had seven regulation losses in the first 32-odd games. I mean, they're, they're playing some of that is them beating the Stars, too. I get that. Here's reality. I'm going to drop a little reality. Get off your phone, totes. I'm going to drop a little reality. Same with you here, Holy. As as ugly as it might seem at one five and one, they are two points out of the second wild card. That's how I was going to bring up too. They are three points out of the first wild card. And what does everyone say now? All you have to do is get in. Yeah. So let's ignore the Colorado Avalanche because they're like fifty points behind the Avs already. There's ninety percent of the season left, and even heading into this thing, with everybody healthy. Most people that, that were looking at the schedule thought, you know what, if they're five and six, six and five, 11 games into this, bravo, because this is not an easy start to any season. That said, if they go one, eight and one and try to overcome that, hey, look, if they go one, eight and one, the pyloric sphincters are going to tighten into a, just a little balloon knot. And and it's going to be difficult to get fully out of this out of this thing. So uh, it's a big game tomorrow here in Columbus. Uh, I have that picture in my head now. I don't think I can get it out. Uh, but you make a very I good paint p- pictures, Mike. You do. Uh, I looked at all this as well. And the only problem I had is the second wild card is probably 95 points. And so you still got to get to that. I I agree right now that the other teams are starting slowly, but you have to get up to 95, 97 points in some way or form. Calgary thinks they're the bee's knees, right? I agree. And they went nuts last year. They're they're two points up on the stars. And And they got one of those points in a shootout in Dallas. Yeah. This is a strange thing then. Nashville's the other club, Mike. I'm going to keep interrupting you. Keep interrupting. Nashville's the other club. They're going to play them in the Winter Classic. There's, they, they, there's two points right they there. They should have come out of the barrel just <laughs> blasting like 
shotgun pellets after getting clocked in the first round in the spring. And there they are. They're three points ahead of the stars. So let's just let's simmer down until until we get some people back. Trips over. The margin for error is going to be sliver thin. But there's there's a ton of hockey left here. I was talking to some people about why they skipped practice today. And basically, they are... By people, who do you mean? Well, just other people. I don't oh, want to okay. reveal just, sources. What, people on the street? The guys fixing the road outside that woke me up this morning at it, 8? It was Tom Holy. He wanted to give me something positive to talk about. Tom Holy's coming in. <laughs> Tom Holy's coming in later with Pakaganda here well, today. Here- He's sitting quietly on his hands, trying to stay hushed. We've got a lot to talk about, and we'll get there. Here's, anyway, my, here's my one positive yes, point. Yes. They have my one positive point. point. They have had to travel wow. to between games every game so far. Well, there's one, one back to back at home, but up through 11 games they will have traveled some flight between 10 out of 11 games. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that is tiring. I will say that. Yeah. I mean, it's a it really is a struggle on that <laughs> 767. <laughs> I got you though. I I know what you mean. Uh, Let's move forward to to poor starts because this is an affliction that dates back to last season. And I didn't like the way they started yesterday. I thought they would come out. It it can be hard to have a lot of of, uh, fervor and moxie at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's just hockey's a night game for the most part. Later in the season, maybe you can, but early in the season, I think it's it's hard to play matinees. it's on the individual, though, to be ready to go at the beginning. And you know, a lot of people like to point fingers at, in any sport, at coaches about, you know, they weren't ready to play. Yep. You didn't have them ready to play. I can guarantee you every coach in every sport puts in the time to put up a game plan and have them ready to play. Yeah. And especially nowadays, it is on the individual athlete to be ready to come out of the blocks with their best. Last year, how many times did we talk about it? They, they were the worst first-period offense in, in hockey, but they would get away with it. Right. And uh, they're not getting away with it as much this year. Yesterday at 0-0 was more like maybe what we saw. They weren't there to put on a show, obviously, yeah. in that first period. But I expected them to come out and, and really take it to the Sabres a little bit, see what they were about, considering what had gone on. What was said after the loss at home against Washington and that, and it didn't happen. That that's got to that, that has to get flipped. It's got to change. Well, what is playoff hockey? I mean, they they told us we got to play this next game like it's playoff hockey. So is playoff hockey treading in and figuring things out, or is it attacking and forcing them to react? To well, you? it can be a little of both, right? Yeah. Like sometimes pushing the game along, making it uh, sort of a short contest, forty minutes or twenty minute. You know, who 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 has more? Um, who, who, who's going to give more in the final 20 minutes to win the hockey game uh, can be a better decider than coming out and you know having your your bloomers show in the first period and trailing by a couple of goals and trying to come back. But um, I, I just it's perplexing. I know it, it puzzles the coaches. I'm yep. sure it puzzles management. Like how do these guys not come out with their best in the first 10 minutes and have the other side hang on? Right. And especially at home. And and it just hasn't happened. So uh, the, the the thing that I appreciate, and Tom Holy and I were just talking about this in the lobby. We had a pregame show to the podcast today in the lobby. Wow. We'll get into that in a bit. Uh, but mental toughness and consistent execution 
not the superhuman uh, individual feats is usually what what gets you out of things like this or gets you on a path where you are playing your best hockey consistently. And if you look at the New England Patriots or you look at the 90s Cowboys or you look at the late 90s Stars, you look at Alabama football, the, the level of peer pressure and internal competitiveness seems to be one of the main ingredients that, that all of those clubs had or have and that's the difference between work hard and work smart and and again that internal I'm not going to let you down but I'm going to challenge you all the time seems to be what elevates clubs and I'd like to see more of that myself I, I think that I think a lot of people would well yeah I, I think th- every team in the NFL is like well we'll just do what the Patriots do right your club the Lions, they brought in most of the Patriots. That's right. Aren't they 90% former Patriots? They're close, close to that. Yeah. And yet, not happening, is it? Well, and again, because we, go, of Tom. we go back to, Tom. Key, to key moments. And people who can make the right decision in a key moment and who can live in that environment. That was the one thing about those teams. And granted, they had a higher payroll, the 99, 98 uh, stars. They had a higher payroll than pretty much 2017. Yeah, no, it was a different time. Yeah, it was, it a, was different a different era. time. But, but I was going to say... My yeah, you point, better butt yourself over I'm there. I'm going to butt myself. Uh, they liked being the favorite. They wanted everybody's best shot. Yeah. no, They walked around like... That's part of mental toughness. You embrace exactly. it. And now the you pat- sent me a text, Mike Heike. Yes. You wanted to talk about this very subject, yes. did you not? I did, because when this team had a pretty good season under Lindy Ruff a couple of years ago, now they had injuries afterwards, but then there was that hype, that same hype we had this summer <clears throat> of you're going to be great. Can you embrace that and be great? And that's what the Patriots do. That's what Alabama does. Now, yeah, granted, just, they have history. You dropped the caveat in there that they got injured. The Stars got injured in game one. And as much as nobody wants to use injuries as an excuse, it's an excuse. Well, the Packers a couple years ago had more injuries than anybody, and I think they had a great season. Uh, You can go back and find instances where... Don't you ruin my... Well, the other thing we hear is they have the best depth... Jack wagon. ...they've ever had, right? So shouldn't the depth be contributing to... But it is. ...if you have injuries and you overcome You're right in a lot of ways. And Jim Montgomery has said the the same thing. Like, I love it when you get fresh eyes on this thing. We are not fresh eyes. And it's like, man, you know... And even players coming in here... In past have gone. Yeah. These guys get full of themselves in a hurry. Yeah. And at times it feels like it's been wrung out of the cloth a little bit here and they're going the right way. But I I don't think it's fully part of the fabric if we're going to go with right. the kitchen uh, towel reference and analogy here. Uh, I, I just, it's still a work in, in progress yeah. with that. And you you have to win. You, got, you have to find your way to some sec, some success. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. That was an outtake. Whoa. All right, I'm going to Neil Cavuto you now. Do you know who Neil Cavuto is? Yeah, I watched his thing talking about the president today. I'm a worldly guy. You are a worldly guy. Jim Montgomery said last year the culture has to change. So I think they're still in the process of changing that culture. I mean, if your own organization is saying we have to do things different and better, that's pretty much evidence that you need to do things different and better. Let's stop down for a second here. Stop down for a second here. I want to pull the group on, on this one. Culture change. Culture change, most overused phrase or connective piece of verbiage 
in the sporting world in the last four or five years? As a Browns fan, I could successfully say <laughs> I've I've heard that phrase uttered oh 16 times over the last 21 years, and in each of them, the one thing that didn't come was winning. Winning is what people care about. It's not then it then it builds from there, but just figure out a way to win. Culture change, totes. Yeah, agreed. Just win. Wow, you guys are all. I disagree. Oakland Raiders. What you th- you disagree I, with? What I think. The New England Patriots have culture, and so they change their. Everybody changes their line. But they didn't. They didn't. They didn't. But now they do. So how did they, they didn't, change but that culture? But now they do. How did they change that culture to the point where okay, now you go out and get a seventh wide receiver, and he ends up being so much better. Well, the on NFL your team. wanted them to win. That's probably what it is. No, you find Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and you let them be your posts. But but what's for fascinating? Years. What's fascinating about that, and this is turning into NFL today, right? But. The uh, Belichick was not a successful co- coach in a previous life. That's a Cleveland Browns reference, <laughs> and I don't appreciate that. <laughs> but point two, like you look, go and look at what's happening in Pittsburgh right now. We're playing the Penguins this week. They're missing one of their big boys. But what did we talk about that was in the pregame? pre-game show. We that talked was. in our pregame. What did you say Big about Gino's the gone, but they got a guy in Sidney Crosby who – a lot of people like to talk about how he's not an easy guy to play with when you're on his line in that. But I think we can all agree he makes people around him better. Well, and as a fan... He plays of, the same way every every frigging game. As a fan of Michigan sports and hockey, you can say the Red Wings' culture was Nick Lidstrom. And basically when he mm, left... This is a different path now. Now we're so talking hockey. the culture hockey. is an individual. Or an individual helps you be so good that now you can maintain that culture... Because you win and because you have a guy who can get you through those things. You know, the first part of culture is cult. Hmm. Like the band? Look at Totes. That just just got dropped on your noggin, didn't it? He made blowing up uh, sound and hand motion. There was an emoji over there. (laughs) You can't. He doesn't have a microphone. You can't uh, hear him. I just, uh, like, I'm not saying that it's not correct. Like, you, you need a certain type of culture. And I understand that. I've gone through it on clubs that I've been on in in past and have great respect for teams in various sports that have it or have created it. But man, everybody everybody is leaning on that right now. And and it's almost like a go-to. Like like they said it in Edmonton this year. And they've, they've been trying for over a decade change the culture. And they think they have it now, but they're only seven games in. Right. Same thing in Buffalo, where we were yesterday. Yeah. They've been trying to change that culture with five coaches in seven years, and they feel like they are on the right path, but it's early. Um, you know, Ralph Kruger's an interesting guy in there trying to change that along with Jason Botterill. So I, I, I agree, but I disagree. I know. How's that? Shades of gray, didn't I say that? Yeah. Should we... Uh, it's you know it's interesting. We should we should pause on that for a second. It is interesting. Yeah, I, I was tossing that one back at you. <laughs> I'll say this before we go to a musical interlude: that Dallas, Texas, is a is an easy place to be athletically average, wouldn't you say? Yes. Like uh, the Cowboys. Uh, speaking of culture and cult status, you don't have to win. The Heat seems to always go on Jerry or the coach 
more so than it does on any of the players. And right. I'm sure they walk around like they've won five Super Bowls. And because it's just, there's so much going on. And it's so easy once you leave, whether it be American Airlines Center, AT&T, or wherever it is, to just exist without the the type of pressure that comes maybe in, in some other culture sport culture markets. Yeah, there there are more fanatical fans out there. Even football. I mean, like you you go to the football games and and they're not Pittsburgh fans or That's why Boston the internal fans. pressure is a must. Yeah. We have that here in Rinky Dinking. <laughs> there is so much pressure. Can you feel it at the table right now? Yes, you can. can There's so much pressure. Can we're going to feel it. We're, we're going to we're going to just take a pin to the valve for a second to let a little bit of that pressure out and then we'll be back to talk about simulcasts and propaganda. Oh, nicely done, Totsi. That is beautiful. Uh, before we uh, put the past to bed, kind of, and try to move forward in a positive light, because that's what we do here. You know, being positive in a negative situation is not naive. It's leadership. And we lead here on Rinky Dinking. If you were to pick an individual uh, around here right now that has the greatest opportunity to impact the fortunes positively for the stars going forward, just one, which is a real dumb question, but I love asking idiotic questions because this is a team game. It's the most team game in sports. Who or whom, I don't know which the proper one is, would that individual be? My first choice would be Tyler Sagan, simply okay. because I think he can Explain. do it. He's a he's a point of game player. He's currently not a point of game player, and if this offense is going to get going, I think it rides on him. He's the number one center. He's on the ice two minutes more than any other forward in the game, and he is a guy who can score 80, 90 points, forty goals. And I think if he gets going, he'll pull other people in his wake. Tom, John Klingberg. That's who I picked. I picked two guys because I'm Razor, the Razor boy, and I'm allowed to pick two. It's a double-edged razor, and that's what you're getting when it comes to you. Exactly. Uh, Smooth shave. Well, why don't you tell us why Klingberg? No, no, I want to hear you. Or we don't want to hear you. Well, he affects a lot of people on the ice by what he does. His skill set brings a lot of people into it. His ability to shoot the puck from the point brings forwards into it. His ability to defend. On the other side, he gets competitive, and when you looked at our playoff run and you saw him be an emotional leader on our team – he controls a lot of where we go. All right. I'm going to hold your hand on that one and go forward. He he is the power play catalyst. Remember last year when he was injured? And it was not going very well. And everything changed when, when he came back. And the guys on the power play, coaches, everybody everybody understands, man. It, it's got to flow through him. It, it has to. He runs the point on the number one power play. And uh, that, if you look at where the power play is at right now, one of the, I think one of the reasons is, for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked the same way. And, and Johnny hasn't been able to get his shots through like he usually does. He's one of the best at crabbing across the blue line, finding a, a window past that first shot blocker and getting it to the net. Uh, heading into the game yesterday, Alexander Ovechkin 
was the only guy in the league that had had more shots blocked than John Klingberg. And Ovi shoots a ton. Right. Everyone knows where it's coming from, especially when they're penalty killing. So um, I remember uh, I was told by a, a very intelligent former defenseman that your job in that position, you have one job. And and that was Chris Pronger saying that you just have to get it past that that first shot blocker. And I think sometimes Johnny does that. There's such a stack of humanity between him and the net now that it, it, you need a chainsaw to get the puck through there. He's the best outlet passer on the team. Uh, and for whatever reason, he's just he's taking minor penalties like he usually doesn't, and he hasn't looked like himself. But he starts looking like himself. Hey, now. Here we go. What happened, though, is you didn't give us any time to formulate. No, no. Our, that's you, how I sound And you more, came in with notes. Yeah, and That's how I dominate rinky-dinking. We just got set up, folks. It was yeah, a setup. Yeah, you did. The other is obviously Ben Bishop, and I talked about it earlier. Uh, his ability to keep the game 0-0 or, or down one nothing for as long as it takes or hold leads, and, you know, is just – he was so brilliant last year at doing all of that, and it just hasn't started the same way. But if that form rounds around again, I mean, goaltenders just – they have the, the pixie dust on getting you out of it. Or getting you into it. Can I give you one weird one from yesterday? It's just a non sequitur, but when a team scores, it gets confidence. And so what Ben did last year was took a lot of confidence out of the other team. Like the goals that he gave up yesterday were beautiful goals. But I think Buffalo, once they got their legs, they were just like, fire away. Because once they scored on them after 160 minutes of not, it makes it happen. Sure, balloons burst. But I'm just saying the other side is when. Balloons burst. Yeah. That's right. Or you let. Sky blue. Or you put. Yeah. a pin in it and then it shh, that was t- but they've run they've but, run into a little of that too well and I also yeah exactly I think what Ben did was he frustrated other teams and then you force them to play with a little bit of uh, pressure on them like in the balloon is that the end of your non sequitur that's, that's, that's it sorry alright so yesterday was one of only four uh, simulcast showdowns that we have in the National Hockey League. I don't know if anybody's aware of that. The Sabres, the Hurricanes, and the Stars are the only simulcasts in the league. Casts. Are you surprised we, as a league, have not adopted more of this? I blame you, honestly. No, no, no. no, I've talked to people and they want their own... No, 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 no. That's not the point. Okay. Are we surprised that more clubs around the league... There's soon to be 32 of them correct have not adopted the simulcast yes for their broadcast yeah. you are surprised yeah because i think if you have a top notch broadcast duo then people want to hear it and so i i agree i think it makes sense financially and i think it makes sense because the fans want they want their well obviously not there's only three of them in the league though. but they want like i said when you find Tom? the guy I don't get surprised by anything anymore, Daryl. That's what I do is just a life motto. <laughs> wow. No. Uh, you see all, know all. You're omnipotent. Part of that is radio. It started with radio, and over the years, did radio Did radio has been, kill the video, video star? star? No, it didn't. It did not. I want my MTV. That was false. That's, but you look over the years, like news. a lot of these markets have people on the radio side that are synonymous with their city and people love them and it would be weird to take it away from them. So 
culturally, no, I'm not surprised by it because a lot of these people are built in and they're, they, they wouldn't just do away with them. Totsi? Oh my God. By the way, Totes has been over Totes. there silently uploading to- Stars Insider, which you can go see on Fox Sports Southwest this week. He's been watching tonight, is what he says. Totes, but he's been uploading that this with entire Tom show. Tom Back is giving us about 15 to 18% of his attention. He doesn't Rinky even know Dinky. what the question is, and this nope. is the best part. Nope. Go ahead. What do you think? About. <laughs> You're okay. You're all right. You're all right. Uh, I think, to your point, Mike, intelligent fans pretty much demand, I mean, demand access to legends on both television and radio broadcasts. And that's why the Rick Jennerettes of the world and the John Forslands, the Razor Boy, are demanded to be on both television side and radio side. He asked me to read that for him earlier. He asked me to read that for him earlier, and he didn't. Here here it goes. Are you ready? (laughs) That was a mic drop, folks. Razor's left. Come back. Come back. Mm, I'm just just joshing. It was fun. Joshing. It was fun to do that. Uh, (laughs) Did you cover your lack of O point that you wanted to make? Here's the only... Here comes another dark cloud from Mike Heike. I'm really sorry about this, guys. Here it comes. You can see it's a a shelf cloud moving in. 82 games, and it was his rookie season, and it changed. They probably were much better at the end of the year, but they were 27th in scoring. In the playoffs, they were 8th out of 16, 2.69 goals per game. Currently, they are 30th at 1.86. So at some point in time, you do have to ask if this system allows the best players to score. Now, last year they did obviously Tyler Sagan had a point a game and Radulov had his 70 points and so now is this a system issue is this a personnel issue what do you think the system changed well we were told that in the summer that they were working on things second the Timbits are coming back around on me there I hope can you edit that out I don't know I'm sorry Mike that's Holy's just about lost himself over here next to me just isolate that noise that just came from Razor. Oh, my God. We'll, we'll make it a drop anyway, and I'm just sorry. use it I'm every sorry. You were making a salient oh, point. Oh, so salient. Um, they talked a lot about they needed to spend more time in the offensive zone. They need to do things differently. They need to possess the puck. And they have. Yeah, but Mike, they're one for 50 on the power play. One for six. No, something like that. No, one for uh, 22. Well, whatever. I, know, I was close. I, I, was, I was rounding up. Well, and that's the other thing is last year, and those are all these numbers. Last year, they were... Uh, oh my God, you're flipping pages. 40, and 40, this is what happens when we cancel practice. 45 power play goals for 41 against. So they were on the positive side. This year, they're on the highly negative side yeah, at one uh, and yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. And they're a team that wins one goal game. So then that yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. The uh, and uh, some some guys haven't had great offensive starts to the season. That's that's obvious. I, I truly believe though that that uh, power play issues seep into overall play and five on five, and it affects your top end elites to the nth degree because they when when the power play is consistently failing them, they they don't they don't have the same amnesia that that some do you know that you can get it it stays with them a little bit they think about it it affects what they're doing next they get on it it doesn't go well they're having big struggles just getting in and getting set up which is surprising because i think all that got into their yeah house. exactly I mean, it's clear when exactly. they're trying to move the puck up ice. oh my god it's it's, it's sports in general and man. when, you when go- you've got confidence rolling 
Oh, you went up a few octaves. Go ahead. When you go when you go back to Lindy's drop pass that everybody hates so much, this team has had fantastic entries for five or six years. I mean, these guys, whether it's Klingberg or Sagan or Ben or Radulov, they know how to enter the zone on the power play. They've done it for five years, and right now they look horrible. Yeah, just it'll get. It'll get better. Yeah, we're, it's like Reg Dunlop and Slapshot, and they're bugging him at the bar about, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, Tom Holy, I can't tell you how great it is to have you back on Rinky Dinking. Yeah, it's <laughs> audience of one. Uh, and we're looking to you after uh, Dark Cloud uh, over here to, to come in loaded for bear with some puckaganda. And spin this thing like a tornado positivity for us, will you? One game or one win in seven games doesn't feel good, does it? No, it does but, not. But oh, is this I'm here to tell you. Like I am a motivational speaker. I am here to tell you it doesn't mean it's the end. 55 times a team has come back to make the playoffs. The most recent time a team only won one in their first seven. And he – hold on for this. It was the 2015-16 Anaheim Ducks. They started off with one win, and uh, they had the same identical 1-5-1 record. Who was on that team? Corey Perry. Who are we looking to get back this week? What about Andrew Cogliano? Ooh. Look at him. Razor with the one-up. I like it. You mm-hmm. see how it's everyone's an rallying around this? It's an and one is what I call it. A few times ago, this was four times ago in 08-09, the Philadelphia Flyers were in the same same boat as we were. Who was oh, on was that, that team? when they lost 10... The, was that the year they lost 10 in a row or did, didn't I, win in 10 and then also won in 10? It was crazy. I don't know if it was that year, but I do know that John Stevens was there. Mm. In fact, Philly actually has done this four times. Yeah, since they're good at that. 99, 2000 on, they've done it four times, which I found really surprising mm-hmm. and really strange. I thought it was a mistake. The Washington Capitals have done it twice, too. So... Have some positivity, Mike. How about Get that? that Michigan out of you. We don't want to hear this Detroit Lions talk. How about that? And and with that, if if history repeats itself, I think we can ex- expect the same thing again. Who else, Razor? You actually came to me on the plane last. I night. I did. I went back into the uh, into the annals of our media guide, deep uh, past the. Polaric sphincter and uh, found the 1990-91 Minnesota North Stars. They started that season a 1-6 and 2 in the first 9. How 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 did things end up? They went to 23 went, playoff games. They went to the 1991 Stanley Cup final and they bowed out to the powerhouse Mario Lemieux led Penguins in six. That was well said. That's it's another early. mic drop. Might be another mic drop moment. It's early, and yet it's feeling a little late. We're going to get out of here. We'll talk to you all next week on Rinky Dinkin. Don't worry. Be happy. In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make it double. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now.